Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Grounds, Paul Eater Jr. of The Athletic here on The Walkout on a day where the Bengals beat the Seattle Seahawks at Paycor Stadium 17-13. to 13. Not necessarily a game that went the way we thought it would go coming in or thought it would go certainly after the first few drives of this game, uh, but it turned into a slugfest and a day where something really interesting happened involving the sort of arc of the 2023 Bengals, and that is what quietly maybe has been the biggest concern uh, about what they could be this season and, and maybe what the issues could be in the long run was this defense. And guess what? The Bengals' defense found itself on Sunday and, of course, found itself the same place it always seems to find itself, and that is in the shadows of its own goalposts. I mean, the Bengals have four second-half stops in the low-red, in the goal-to-go situation, including two in the last couple of minutes having to get a stop to save the game. They left three points on those four drives. Unbelievable. And that saves the game. That saves the game. That's where it started. That's where it ended. And, and made all the difference as they, as they went on a day that the offense uh, disappeared after two drives. It was awful. I mean, they go the first two drives, they go get two quick touchdowns. And after that, the next 33 plays gain 89 yards, five first downs, six punts, and a pick. We're going to touch all these bases a little bit. Uh, I say we, me, and you're going to hear from uh, some of the players from the locker room, from head coach Zach Taylor, Mike Hilton, Cam Taylor-Britt, Sam Hubbard, uh, a little bit on some of the stuff they saw after the game. Uh, But I'll start here before we get into the specifics uh, of some of these things. Um, By the skin of their teeth and what almost feels like a miracle, the Bengals did – kind of what we set out as something they had to do a while back when they knew that they were going to be, since the tweak of week two and the 0-2 start, that they were going to have to find a way to right themselves, get to 3-3 and by the bye, and feel like you're hitting the hard reset button to go, to go forward from there. And it might not have gone the way people expected. Uh, I don't think people expected embarrassments in Tennessee and uh, Cleveland. Or some of the other issues that have popped up along the way. But they, they made it. They made it to this bye. They got Joe Burrow fully healthy. Which was uh, again apparent today as he was doing all kinds of wild things. Uh, running, and, running in circles at one point. Uh, so they, but they got there. They got to 3-3. Three and three, Got to the bye. Right in the mix. Survived a little bit this sloppy first half of the season 
you know, something that they've got to get figured out in the long run, but that's a conversation for another day. But they're going to come out the other side of this thing feeling pretty healthy, feeling like maybe they can get some self-scout in, get recentered, and and attack the second half of the season right there at 3-3 three and three with everything kind of in front of them. And, you know, history on their side for how they have consistently improved as years have gone on and how diabolical Joe Burrow has been in December and January in his career. It's just who he's been. And, and, and that's where we'll get when we get into the offense part later. But we got to start with this defense. I wrote this before the season started as sort of my – I spent much of camp working on it, and it was kind of my view of what has really made this Bengals defense. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you've heard me talk about this a lot. Um, and that is – look, there it's, it's Lou Anarumo saying yards don't equal points, Okay. That's his. That's his thing. He's gonna. You're. You're gonna make you drive the field. But when you get down into the red zone, and particularly into the low red, they are going to make stops. I wrote about it in the second half of games. Second half and overtime of games. Over the last two years, entering this season, the Bengals were 21 percent better than anyone else in football at getting stops in goal-to-go situations. 21%. That has been their identity. That's who they were. Hubbard Yard Dash. The fumble caused in New England. Um, So many times you've seen them force field goals. Really have a feel for what other teams are are trying to do down there and make plays. That's been their defensive identity. Teams have been able to get yards on them over the years. They've been an okay defense in that regard, but they've always found ways to hold field goals. They've been as good as anybody and obviously far better than anybody at getting stops when it gets down close. That's why it looked like this defense found themselves today. It looked like this was a defense that was like, yeah, this is who we are. I think there's, I mean, there's luck involved. When you talk about four times down there on the goal line and, and you get a, you get stops, you get turnovers, three points, for Seattle, it's incredible. There's a little bit of luck involved there, and I think the Bengals got a little lucky today. But that's who this defense is. That's who they are. And Seattle has struggled in the red zone. It played out like that could be a mismatch, and it was in the biggest way. And this offense that went into the tank continuously forced this Bengals defense to make those plays, and they did. Uh, there's a couple, you know, those four second half red, red zone goal to go uh, stops, essentially. Um, I, I want to kind of talk about those a little bit. In particular, bring in for you a little bit of Sam Hubbard here talking about uh, his sort of final rush plan because the Bengals just started eating on the defensive line. And this defensive line that everyone has been paid and we have been critical of earlier in this year because all these guys are getting paid need to need to make that money. They need to prove that that is a game changer, and they did today. Here's um, Sam Hubbard talking about uh, his goal line plan and what happened with uh, – finishing the game off uh, along with him and B.J. Hill, who were just absolute beasts 
on Sunday. Put the ball back to the offense. It's a 15 second possession. You got to go out there again. What's going through your mind as a defense when you guys go back out there? Let's get another one. Uh, you know, I, I was like, I'm getting another sack. We're ready to go. No matter how much, how much gas you think you got in the tank, you got enough to finish the game. Um, you know, I was, you know, you always find that extra bit, and uh, that's why we got such a great D line and such a great defense. Nobody, nobody's going to tap out ever if we had to play three more series or whatever it was. Is there something that you saw as you guys were getting so much pressure down there? It was like every play you guys were in. This game. Is there something you saw that you felt like you had them to the line? Everybody, you had them kind of knowing that you guys were going to be beating them pretty consistently. Did you see something in them? Um, I think that the crowd, home crowd, did a great job making them go on the silent count and let us get a good jump on the snap. Uh, Coach Hobby helping me with my pass rush plan throughout the week of preparation the last few weeks has really helped me. Uh, know when to do what in the big moments of the game because you've been setting it up all game. And uh, shout out to Coach Hobby for helping me uh, progress as a rusher and then just the whole defensive front working together, rushing together. Were there any specific plays that you made that was one that you had been setting up all game? Was there is there one that stands out to you that you set up that played off for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, the fourth down... Well, I don't want to talk too much about my pass rush plan, but, uh, you know, you just consistently get off the rock and throw power. In the biggest moment of the game, you hit them with a swipe, and they're not expecting it, and you win the game. And that's, you know, that's can't draw it up any better than that. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. The Bengals finish with four sacks for 29 yards, 13 quarterback hits. Sam Hubbard had five quarterback hits in this game with a sack. Five. And you hear him talking, you know, about that pass rush plan and setting them up, setting them up, setting up in the biggest moments going for it. Also, B.J. Hill gets the big sack at the end, so they could hardly even hear anything. And... He was going to go and try to beat his guy again, and B.J. Hill said, no, let's do this game that they do, which is essentially where B.J. Hill gets vertical and Sam plays off of him. It's something that they said they've done a million times. And he trusted him in that moment to say, hey, I trust you. Let's, what, if that's what you want to do, let's go do it. Let's, let's, go, let's make that the play. And it was the one. It came through clean and finished the game off. The game on the line, B.J. Hill and Sam Hubbard, Looked at each other and BJ said, "No, no, 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 no. Let's run. Let's run the game that we've done." And, so, and BJ said, "After the game to Miami, something we've done a ton and gotten tons of pressures off of over the years. Something they're just great at. Over the course of the last three years, they just they love to go to it. And in that spot, they decided to. And Sam went off what he was thinking to do and said, "Okay, yeah, let's do that." And it, and it paid off. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that wins you game. That makes you great in goal to go. That makes you a great red zone team. You know, it's 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 about." 
trust down there. It's about understanding what everybody else is going to do and being able to fire off on that and having a veteran group that can handle that type of adjustment and that type of trust. Um, really paying off, playing intelligent football. And to be honest, and they were just destroying the Seattle offensive line. I mean, you could, t- you could see. It felt like every snap they were going to be get- getting back there, and, and Geno Smith was-, was rattled by it, understandably so. Um, really, Bengals D-line, huge check mark, big part of this win. What a day for Sam Hubbard. Five quarterback hits. Um, we're talking to Sam Hubbard, and Trey Hendrickson's making sure to go behind the few of us that are talking to him so where maybe we can see him and just yelling and holding up number five and pounding his fist into his hand after that, pointing out everybody better know Sam had five quarterback hits, and that's ridiculous. Um, those guys were, were really eating today. Uh, another person that I want to point out here that we got to talk about after this one that is a big day for not just this win, but really, again, when we talk about season-long arc, and that's Cam Taylor-Britt. Uh, he has the interception uh, and a big run back that set up a field goal. I mean, when the offense couldn't move the ball an inch, they didn't get a single yard. Uh, good thing that Cam ran it all the way down to that McPherson could hit a 52-yarder. Uh, a, a nice athletic play on the catch. Had the pick six last week. Really starting to come into his own there. And uh, they made the plan coming into this game because DK Metcalf is a big guy, looks to bully people, and, and that's kind of his game. They were going to have Cam track DK Metcalf as much as possible because he was a good matchup for him and to get physical with him, knowing that that's going to be Cam's game. And it worked. You saw a personal foul against DK where he basically just, for no reason, just shoves Cam Taylor-Britt down after the game or after a play. And that's the kind of, I mean, that was there was a, pr- a real pride from Cam Taylor-Britt. He said the one time he got beat by DK, he said that DK Metcalf pulled on his collar, and that's what got him free. And Cam's, you know, looking out for himself there on that one. But the point being, he was willing to get physical. And there was a lot of talk about that after the game. And it made a big difference, and that plan worked. Um, the other part of it was then one of the red zone plays, low red, third down, he ends up with Tyler Lockett in front of him and said he knew from film study that the, uh, when they get him out there, they like to try to have him do a bunch of shaking and run to the pylon. He got a PBU. Huge play in this game. Tyler Lockett is a dude, and that was a, that was a massive play to get that stop there. Here's a little bit from Cam Taylor Britt followed by Mike Hilton on that PBU at the pylon, the bullying (laughs) that he was trying to uh, go back and forth with uh, against DK Metcalf. And Mike Hilton had an interception. You'll hear Hilton talk about his interception and had the film study that was part of that. And interesting things to be said about DK Metcalf and bullies. The third down near the pylon in the red zone, you got the PBU against Lockett. Can you take me through that play? So were you expecting them to come after you there? What did you see on that play? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, once I seen that I didn't have 14 to that side, I knew who I was guarding. You just got to know the differences in their routes. Uh, he's more of a shifty guy. He's not the, the jump ball guy. He's not the you know the <laughs> jump over guy, basically. Uh, but that's a totally different receiver. 
So we had seen it in film already early in the week with him just going outside and doing a lot of shaking and coming back and running the comeback. And I, I just got a feel for it, you know. Uh, I knew that he wasn't trying to force me to run past me. Uh, so I just, you know, just waited on him to come back and the ball was there. What is that? I mean, you've been talking about being a number one cornerback for a long time. What does that play, the interception a day like today, mean for you personally and how you view yourself in the league? Now, honestly, I think it's just a self thing. Everybody else, you know, see when they see it. Uh, but I think that just gave me a lot of confidence, you know, a booster. Uh, I think for this team as well, you know, to know that they, they have someone that can, you know, go out and handle that every week. And that's the job that I've, I've wanted. And I just got to go out there every week and, you know, produce. Hey, Mike, with Metcalf, uh, you know, he, what, what did he say to you after? I mean, he threw you to the ground. He did a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he threw you to the ground. How did you respond to that? What, Good job. I stopped crying, you know. Is that what you told him? Yeah. yeah. Just, I, I don't get rattled. I say, I say, you guys see when I get rattled, but I do it to myself. It's more of a, a self-motivation thing when I get on to myself. But other than that, other players can't really get to me, man. I, I play the game that he wanted to play, the physical game, which is my game, so. It is what it is. I mean, do you think you surprised him by how physical yeah, you are? Most definitely. Because yeah, he's, he's used to bowling people, right? That wasn't going to happen. Mike, were you surprised they threw that ball that you picked? Because it looked like you were running the route for him. No, I, I actually didn't. Uh, it, it was a route that I've seen on film a lot. Uh, they wanted to get him the ball on the type of wheel routes, and mm -hmm. I knew it was that same area. So once I saw the formation, I was expecting it. So that was – so is he, did he run – he ran in motion on the backfield? He ran motion, yes. So is that something that tipped you off as part of seeing them do that before? Yeah, he's a guy – they have certain formations with him in the backfield, but it's usually been 16. Mm -hmm. So when we know when 11's back there, something's up, and you know, uh, made a big play when I needed to. It seemed like he surprised Metcalf. I, I, I think Metcalf, he bullies people physically. And today he got bullied. He met, bullies get bullied, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we know that's Metcalf's type of game. He wants to get in guys' head, get in corners' head, but we, we knew once we put 2-9 on him, all that was... Yeah. But physically, too, right? I mean, he, do you think he was surprised by He was. By yeah, he, he's not used to get uh, guys pushing back and getting physical with him. But like I said, once, once the game plan was Cam's going to follow 14, we knew what time it was. Cam Taylor Britt not only had the interception, had three passes defensed, seven tackles. I mean, really, we talked, we, you know, we wrote about this before the season started. You know, how working against Jamar Chase every day in training camp was really benefiting Cam Taylor Britton. You saw him starting to win more in those matchups and build confidence off that. And you're really seeing it now. And they need it. I mean, Chidabe Wuze was out there trying to play through his back injury today. He wasn't right. He got beat down the field one time and looked like he was struggling with it. And it seemed that way. DJ Turner essentially played most of the game coming in for him. But they needed a real number one out there. Somebody that you can put on DK Metcalf and say, go get him. And you kind of hear Cam talking about that, about what that does for the rest of the team, knowing he can be that guy. And you know, you hope that you can get a full Chidabe Wouzier back uh, at his full self after the break. And, and you love your combo, certainly. And DJ Turner, too. But what Cam has done is, has made such a huge difference in this team, and, and he fits the attitude of what they of what they need so much and, and they righted themselves a little bit we'll, we'll see I mean we'll see how it goes along there were still a lot of yards given up it still wasn't perfect but again this is who they've been when you talk about these all the identity stuff this is the Bengals defense the Bengals defense is one that can give up some yards they don't give up points there they are absolutely ridiculously stingy when you get down into the scoring zone and that was the case again today. And that's a big deal going forward.
for this defense feeling confident, feeling themselves, and being the same group they've been in recent years despite some of the turnover we've seen, particularly with the youth, uh, on in the defensive backfield. So, the good. There's the good. There's the good. Well, you know, the offensive side of things is, is interesting because you couldn't have expected after those first drives that you wouldn't see them do anything the rest of the day. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, two drives, they just, I mean, with ease, they moved down the field. I mean, not even, not even a problem for a second. You're talking about the first drive. They go 69 yards in 13 plays. They have six first downs. Easy touchdown on Tyler Boyd. They're just zipping. Seattle's playing off. They're zipping everything underneath. Burrow had the eight-yard touchdown pass to Boyd was the longest air yards throw of that drive. Everything else was five yards or shorter, and it was easy. The next drive, they do it again. They get a couple of chunks to Jamar Chase, and they go 73 yards, four first downs, touchdown again. This time, Yoshibash gets his first one, and Joe Burrow goes and tracks down the ball for him. Jamar Chase goes off a 7-11 chain. Shout out to Jamar Chase and 7-11. Getting, getting that timely action. Like, look, let's make it work. He's got a chain. He's got a clothing and a hat line. Quick turnaround. Way to go. Way to be all over it. Ocho Senko would be proud of, of what they've turned out real quick. Um, maybe there's a commercial in the works, it sounds like. i got to say, kind of feeling the always open cursive hat. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, but good for them. Good for them. So everything seems like it's going to be hunky-dory, right? And then from there it goes punt, punt, pick, punt, punt, field goal where you go get zero yards. Punt, punt, and a game. I mean, you can't even finish the game. You can't even take but 24 seconds off the clock when you get the ball left after the goal line stand. I mean, Joe Burrow, all these dudes. This cannot be a team that goes three quarters unable to do anything. Five first downs? I mean... It's ridiculous. And, and the, the cap don't work no more. That excuse is gone. They've got some things to figure out. And you could hear it in Burrow's voice after the game. You know, a lot of work to do. He's, he's not thrilled. You know, happy, you know the, no apologies for the win is kind of the, the message he had. Um, happy with that and getting out quick and getting the lead. But clear that he feels like they've got a lot of work to do. And it's clear when you watch the game, they have a lot of work to do still. And I think they were just generally, I mean, Burrow said this too. Burrow was kind of like, you know, I got to go watch the tape and see what was going on out there because it just felt like they had opportunities that just weren't happening. They have nothing but Jamar Chase right now. Nothing consistent. You have Jamar Chase and nothing else is really playing off of that. We talked this week about the further leaning in Jamar Chase can help them open up everybody else. They're just not getting enough. Shout out to T. Higgins for playing through the rib. I mean, I credit him, but you're, you haven't gotten a ton there this year outside the Baltimore game, and and he's been going through it. Tyler Boyd has been okay early. They got him involved, and they couldn't really get him involved after that. 
He's been touch and go. Obviously, the running game's been blah. I mean, running back and tight end in the out of the backfield. Forget it. Irv Smith is a, is a zero factor. I mean, they are just eating it there. No, but no respect from opposing opposing defenses for the tight end or the running back underneath right now, and that's a problem. Because they just don't have they don't have anything else to go to right now, and that, that's something that they're going to have to figure out in a big way uh, over the bye week. Um, and here's a little bit more of Zach Taylor kind of pointing out some of that, you know, not really sure what exactly was going on. You know, that, that's a really good question. Um, that's a really good question. You know, we'll, we'll have to watch it and see because you felt like you felt like we had some opportunities. You felt like sometimes we, we weren't in a great flow, but it, it's really hard for me to put my thumb on it, and I'll have to, you know, we'll have to check it out. And, and uh, the good news is we found a way to, to – I, I walked off the field and, and I had, you know – I texted Steve Speck yesterday, the St. X coach. You know, they had a they had a win on the road and I said, Great job. He said it's better to win ugly than, than lose pretty. And I mean that was the first thing that hit me when I walked off the field today was at times it felt ugly, um, especially on offense, but but again our defense stepped up and, and made some big plays for us that allowed us to get out of there. How big is it mentally being five hundred and five given how hard? So you know, it is it's good. You know, it's like I said, we, we kinda of stubbed our toe, you know, starting this race off. Um, and we're gonna c- continue to pick up steam. And, and again, there, there's days where our defense is going to lead the charge and lead us to victory. There's times where the offense is going to reciprocate that. There's times special teams are going to take over. And I think good teams just find ways to do it. And, and right now, we're at that 3-3 three and three mark, going into a bye, get a chance to get healthy, and then, uh, and then hit the surge after the bye starting with San Francisco. So, I mean, we'll get more of an explanation on Monday as far as some of the things their their takeaways from from what was what was happening out there. Orlando Brown Jr. goes out. Sounds like he's going to be okay. He had a groin injury. Cody Ford was the left tackle. I can't believe we reached a spot after all this. That Cody Ford is the left tackle, first off the bench. After Jackson Carmen, Deontay Smith, and Collins is on the IR, and, and now and and it's now it's Cody Ford when somebody goes down to left tackle. How's that for a thing? Uh, so, but sounds like he'll probably be okay. Bye week comes at a good time there for him. Bengals find a way to win. Uh, and that's, you know, that is part of what this thing's going to be about. I mean, you just got to continue to find a way. They needed to find any way possible to get to 3-3, three and three and they did it. And they've got time to regroup from now and, and see what happens next. That's a big deal. Um, they've got plenty of things they need, they need to fix. But they're in a good spot. At the end of the day, for where they're at right now, they're 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 in a, they're in a fine spot. The defense is finding itself. The offense has been spotty, but you can see it. Um, they've got to figure some stuff out, but it doesn't look debilitating. And when you consider where we were at in Tennessee two weeks ago, you, those of y'all that listen, the last time I was here, I'm doing this thing by myself, and it was in it, it was the darkest timeline. You could you could see the season going totally off the rails, right? Everybody could. I mean, if Burrow can't get right, if they can't find a way to get any points on offense, the idea of going into this bye at two and four or worse felt plausible and felt like it would end the season. For them to have recovered over the last two weeks, and last week the defense was spotty, this week the offense was spotty, but to be a complete enough team to still get wins and get themselves back into the mix and buy them more time to get everything clicking correctly 
is a massive win for where they were at a couple of weeks ago. Huge. And you could sense that after the game, I mean, in there. There was a lot of relief and celebration and the exhaustion, obviously, after the way the game went, particularly from the defense side of the ball, um, over, over accomplishing this task, considering where they were two weeks ago and how much pressure they put on themselves to need to go get some wins these, these two weeks. So that's where it's at. Uh, Bengals getting an extra day off here, going into the bye as a reward. So we'll have some stuff tomorrow, and then they're gone. And so they'll be gone for the bye week and be back the next Monday. And then we'll head out to San Francisco after that. Plenty more content coming your way, of course. So look for that. Look forward to bringing all of that to you. And uh, we'll do some kind of at-the-break reflective and look-forward stuff as we uh, as we hit this moment. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate you checking in on a day when the Bengals beat the Seahawks 17-13 to at uh, Paycor Stadium. And Bengals move to 3-3. Three and three. Hit the bye week. We will talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.